You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Footballers DFS podcast with your hosts Kyle Borgannoni and Matthew Betts. Welcome in. We're moving on to week two here at the Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast. I'm your host Kyle Borgannoni, and I'm joined, as always, by Matthew Big Booty Jerry Judy Betts. Big Booty Jerry Judy, huh? Wow, that was not what I was expecting to hear today and when you bring up last night's game talking about the Seattle and Denver game I'm still tilting Kyle <laughs> over not getting the rust over one and a half passing touchdowns just I mean bad luck terrible clock management just tilting left and right but you know we got, we got to move on we got to move forward we got week two ahead of us and dude we're gonna talk about it this slate I'm just I'm so excited and also very nervous to go through it at the same time because Early in the week, it is going to feel insanely uncomfortable when you set your lineups for week two, but I'm excited to break it down, man. I don't want to move on because I do want to talk about the fact that I had a very simple parlay this week. Very simple. I thought, (laughs) hey, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take these three teams and the money line. So for those out there, I talked about this last week. My simple little parlay was for the Colts to beat the Texans. Just straight up, just beat them. All right? Nope. That voided. I needed the Saints to beat my Falcons. That barely happened. And then I needed the Broncos to beat the Seahawks. Like, those are the three games that I felt most confident from our analysis this summer of, okay, we know who the bad teams are. We know who the good teams are. What if I just were to say we don't know anything? I mean, that's accurate. That is 100% accurate. And what's funny is, last week I said to you, you're going to fa- sound really silly when we talk about this in a week and one of those doesn't hit. I said it was going to be Davis Mills. It almost was Davis Mills that ruined your parlay. But man, and what's were you nervous yesterday? Because I messaged you in Slack. We were talking about the game and showdown and stuff. And I was like, man, I have a lot of teasers of, um, not, not Seattle, of the Broncos to basically just win. All they had to do was win. So I was in your boat. But I was like, there's sharp money coming in on Seattle. I might just take a little six and a half just to be safe. Were you nervous at all when, that, when I said that to you? I was nervous because... I even looked at my bet and it's like, oh, I could just cash out now. But I mean, come on, the Broncos are going to win this thing. And of course. they probably should have won it three separate times. So there's 
There were so many routes where, why is this game ending 17-16? And I know everybody's gotten to hear about it in so many different ways, but from a wagering perspective, I mean, a road team that that's a heavy favorite, like that is a good indicator that, hey, you should think about taking the home team, the home dog. Um, the one game that I felt really confident in that you and I talked about last week was Kansas City just murdering Arizona. I mean, we were just all over that game in, in terms of the way that we talked about it. We'll talk about the week two slate because the games are kind of ugly. There's a lot of games that are off the main slate for DFS purposes that hurt us, hurt us from a player pool perspective. We'll talk about that. But every single week before we get into the slate, we kind of review things. So let's review our cash lineups. Straight cash, homie. I put out an article on Mondays. It's kind of my cash lineup review. You and I get to talk to the wonderful people in Discord about it. So quickly go over your cash lineup. You don't have to go through all of it, but just what was your process like? What were your results? Yeah, I mean, if you read Kyle's article on the site, you're basically going to get access to my cash article as well. We landed on the exact same team with the exception of you stuck it out with Hollywood Brown. I ended up playing Saquon Barkley. And this is a good, another good point, I think, for listeners too. Those two players, as the week went on, had an almost identical projection from a median outcome standpoint. But we know in cash, we generally just want to trust volume. Even on a PPR site, I thought Saquon was a little safer for cash just because we know he's going to get touches. I mean, the competition is minimal, right? And he played over 80% of the snaps, highest rate of any running back in the league last week. And I was concerned about Saquon from a GPP's perspective. But from projected volume, I had him in there. And I, I said to myself, if things go south early... I'll just swap on to Hollywood Brown because I know his upside this week is probably a lot higher. Turns out I don't know anything because Saquon went off as running back one on the slate. But I landed on this exact same lineup as Borg. We talked about a lot of those plays. You know, I really think if you didn't have some combination of like Jalen Hurts, Christian McCaffrey, Travis Kelsey, you know, Michael Pittman, like those were kind of the core pieces. And if your lineup didn't have some of those that were just the most obvious best plays on the slate, it's probably a good chance to kind of take a step back, recalibrate for week two, and kind of reevaluate the process. But those were kind of our core pieces. And, you know, overall, I think it was a good week for both of us in cash. I know I had a decent week as well. So um, I'm excited about week one. But like you said, you know, you got to look forward to week two. Yeah, the where the place that I kind of sat with is I played Saquon on FanDuel. And so then I said to myself, like, okay, well, you know, I'll just play Hollywood. I just side with the game total because obviously that game total is way higher than the Giants and Titans. But Overall, it was a pretty good week for both of us. I think Miami defense, I was super proud of of just saying from the get-go, like, this is the play. Don't play Washington. You were also all over Pittsburgh. Like, I think those were the two defenses that you went back and forth, Pittsburgh and Miami. So those were good calls. Um, and then Michael Pittman, I just want to say, like, that was a free square last week at 5500 His price has jumped all the way up to 6700 this week. That's a massive increase. We'll have to talk about him and if you can go there. But Beyond the process, I think a lot of people maybe play DFS, they haven't played in a long time, or they're getting into it, and the results weren't there, or the exact opposite, like things went really well, so we kind of want to give five things to keep in mind as you're going through the season, like this is about building endurance, it's about building resilience, and I think a lot of people don't have that ready in front of them to like be able to withstand a punch. We talk about that all over the offseason, carrying a long-term mindset. So we're going to give you five quick tips right here of things you should keep in mind with DFS. And my first one is do not say shoulda, woulda, coulda with DFS because every single person is doing that. Every single person. I mean, I get screenshots from people. If only I had just done this, I would have won the Millie Maker. Like 
I wish I could do that every single week and just shoulda, woulda, coulda that. We're also, we talked about this for a while, but I think as human beings, we're more open to being almost right than being almost wrong. Like you look at a, a lineup, you're like, oh, I, I hit, that was awesome. Like the touchdown easily could have gone a different spot. Same thing with Jahan Dotson. Like he only caught three balls. Two of them happened to be touchdowns. And he was actually the chalk cheapie we talked about all week, but it could have gone elsewhere. Just keep that in mind. Instead of just looking at your lineup and convincing yourself you were almost right the whole time, be open to the fact that you could have almost been wrong as well. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the exact same point I was going to talk about. It's just, you know, ask yourself what could have gone wrong and how could it have gone wrong? And the perfect example, like Jahan Dotson, the box score looks great if you just look at his DraftKings points or whatever, and he was played a lot. So it kind of feels like, oh, well, I should have played him. It's obvious. But like, I mean, he was a pretty thin play that I was really worried about. We talked about him last week. And if, you know, those go to Antonio Gibson or Terry McLaurin, like you're stuck holding the bag. So just, you know, don't, don't think about like box score watching and that kind of thing. I always tell people too, like when you're thinking about what could go wrong, go back to like the process of kind of what led you to a player. Is it snap count, routes run, targets, targets per route run, like those stuff, like that kind of stuff matters. Careful with watching the box score. Guys like Jahan Dotson are going to stick out. I think for running backs, you're really good at pointing this out when you and I are constructing our lineups. Like Najee was a player that we both really liked from a projection standpoint of touches. We also said, hey, what could go wrong with a player like Najee? What if Trubisky just doesn't throw to the running back position? Aside from just Najee's injury, the Steelers had the fewest running back targets in week one of any team in the NFL. So we still need time to figure out if that's actually a sticky stat, but we have to poke holes in our lineups and say, hey, is is the game flow going to go different for a certain player? Like what happens if it doesn't go this way? So keep that in mind. And my point number three is don't make dogmatic statements after week one. We have a very, very, very small sample size in front of us. So I'm seeing people all over the map saying, here's what happened in week one. Does any of the rest of this matter? And I used that example last year. Darren Waller went off in week one. He had 17, what was it? 17, 18, 19 targets, something like that. I think 19, yeah. And I think he was used as like a captain and used in such a way where people were like, he's the dude. Like, look at, you can use tight ends as your captain spot in showdown. And you and I said like, hey, you shouldn't do it. Now for the rest of the year, that didn't bear out. Like you didn't want to use a tight end. That first week it was true. So don't just take what happens in week one and say that is what's going to happen. Uh, Be open that there can be change. If Allen Robinson, let's say he goes out and goes for 90 yards and a touchdown this week. You will have a completely different sentiment if that would have happened in week one versus week two. Week one just carries a lot for people. So don't overreact. Be be willing to to wait a little bit. Yep. No, for sure. We're going to talk about A-Rob a little bit later on. Uh, spoiler. And also, we're not talking showdown on today's episode. That is in the DFS pass. But Kyle, I am ready to get hurt again by Mike Williams in captain this week. I don't know about you. After a terrible week one. Um, point number four. Context selection, we talked about all the time, you know, the the right contest for you might be different than your friend or for us or whoever, but I get questions all the time. Should I play this lineup in cash or this lineup in GPP? And I just want to keep pointing people back to what are your goals in DFS? Because I personally used to burn through money playing 20 max and all that sort of stuff. And I just realized like after a season, I was like, I'm not a good MME player. I just, I don't do it. So I take my stance in small field. I play a ton of cash and I've had success. And for me, that works and I'm, I'm going with that process. So I just think find the right contest for you. Remember, we talked about it. What are your goals? And make sure your contests match 
your lineup. You know, if you're playing in the lottos, like you can't play Michael Pittman and Jalen Hurts and, I mean, it looks silly because they all hit this week, but you can't play all those chalky pieces. Get different. If you're in small field, play some chalk and kind of mix it up. Like you got to make sure things match for what you're playing in. And I think that's a huge aspect of DFS that just, it's hard to, to put it into specifics for people because it's so different for everyone. But I do think it is an extremely underrated part of being a good DFS player. The contests that we have in our DraftKings League, I felt like are a really good space for people to learn how to have the right lineups. Where, you know, I was playing in the Millie Maker and my lineups weren't anywhere close, but in small field, they actually had shots if things would have broke, you know, a certain way. So I want to give people that understanding. I also want to throw out the fact that I don't know what happened, but one of those contests in our listener league, dude, I mean, you hit one, I hit two. I felt like mean. I mean were we bullies? Just bullying the DK lobby, man. Taking lunch money left and right. Um, I was surprised, honestly. <laughs> but what's what's going to happen this week is in that same contest, I can guarantee you I will be in the bottom 10 because that's how this game works. It was funny because I was in first place in that contest the entire way. And I think you beat me by what, like a point or something? Like the very, very end. Something yeah. like that. Yeah, I played, a, I played a Mahomes double with MVS and Kelsey. And so I was just waiting for that last game to go off and I was just climbing up with that. So that worked out pretty well. Yeah, there's some other great contests. I know some listeners reached out and said, hey, you know, I got to actually win some money in a tournament with people I know listen to the podcast. So that's really good. But final point here before we look at the main slate, find a friend to spar with. Like I could not recommend anything more than what Bets and I get to do back and forth. We get to talk it out on this podcast, but the most valuable thing is us texting back and forth. I have another thread of a couple of friends back home in Atlanta, shout out to Danny and AJ, where we just go back and forth and we just throw, hey, what do you think about this lineup? Do you think this is a thin play? Like, it's just so much better rather than kind of narrowly looking at certain plays. Like, if somebody sent me a lineup with Damian Pierce in it, I know that I'm, I feel a certain way, but I am going to point out, hey, here's what could go wrong. Now this week, I think he's going to get more carries, he's going to get more touches. Like, I think Damian Pierce is going to end up being fine. But in week one, there was so much to lose and not much to gain, in my opinion. And that only happens from just talking it out with somebody else. So find a friend. That is a great final point, right? Yeah, and if you need one, I mean, dude, Discord. Pop in, get up in there, find someone that you trust and that their process works for you. Um, Yeah, get a buddy and and that works. And this has happened for you and I both where I've had something that I felt really good about. And then you'll be like, hey, man, I don't know about this or the totals coming down. Are you sure? It's like just talking out with someone it seriously helps so much. You can go to the fantasyfootballers.com slash discord if you want to be a part of that and join the foot for the premium DFS and premium props channel. You can also go to mydfspass.com and access all of our early content, including you just put out a Vegas article. I just put out a first look article and a pace of play that comes out tomorrow. So make sure you check that out at mydfspass.com. But Let's turn the page to week two. State of the main slate. Each week, we will be referring to the DraftKings Sportsbook line. It's where Bets and I play. You can go to DraftKings.com, click on the Sportsbook, and I want to check in with a wager. I mentioned earlier the parlay that just killed me. I mean, it just completely killed me, those three teams not winning. I did have a nice one that hit that I showed you. It was Mahomes over 300 plus Juju over 55, and then it was uh, the Chiefs minus five and a half. So that one hit for me. That felt pretty good. I also have some others that I'm really happy about, including Vikings to win the division, which already looks really good. I mean, an important victory over Green Bay. 
uh, that one feels good so far. Dude, Vikings showed us everything we wanted to see. That was awesome. So if you have any futures on the Vikings or like Justin Jefferson, Offensive Player of the Year, I mean, it's week one, of course. But dude, they looked so good and it was so fun to see. Um, I also want to just quickly shout out our props in the DFS Pass. Did have a winning week. It could have been better. Thanks thanks for nothing, Russ. Um, but profitable for that. So make sure you're checking that out in the DFS Pass. But one that I have made with my good friend Kyle here, um, I'm actually going to bring up a water bet on this show. That's fine. And That's fine. <laughs> and you know kyle he knows what's coming but listeners you probably do as well there's a man playing for the detroit lions who i project to be a top 24 ppr wide receiver and kyle says no I- i'm just saying dude week one i'm on ross st brown looked pretty dang good against my eagles in you know garbage mode coming back going back to 2021 so he has you know the end of the season and then starting this year eight plus catches 10 plus targets in seven straight games only Five players have done that in NFL history. That's the type of player I'm on our St. Brown is. And you were telling me all season, dude, like, it's not going to happen. You know, John Deere Swift's back. TJ Hawkinson, maybe he's not as good. He, I, I mean, I'll just let the box score speak for itself. But that's looking pretty good for the water bet early on. Do you want to spin the wheel now or are you going to wait till end of the year? Our bet was minimum 12 games played. <laughs> so let's keep that in mind. I will also state that he's going to be involved the entire season. I wrote him up even in this first look article. Like, I'm not, I never said he wasn't going to be involved. I was wondering how the touchdowns were going to go. And for that first half, he wasn't that involved. Like, so part of me, I wasn't taking a victory laugh, but I was like, okay, I've avoided the Amon Ross stuff. And then his <laughs> touchdown, I, we were all watching the studio. I was, I stood up yelling, like, that was way too easy of a touchdown for that guy to get in the end zone. Like, I was so mad at that play. I, I am glad that DJ Chark also showed up with a pretty boss contested catch touchdown. Yes, uh, if you and you were on in for best ball too. So if you invested in either of our two Lions players, uh, <laughs> things worked out well in week one. But I will say for both those guys moving forward, dude, the Lions defense. I mean, they're going to be in a ton of comeback situations. So both are going to be, I think, really good. It'll be interesting. We're about to go over these games, but the Lions game this week could go in a lot of different directions. There are a lot of players that are not that high priced outside of DeAndre Swift. Everyone's pretty affordable in that game. It's Washington at Detroit. So. This week on the slate, keep this in mind. There is one fewer game this week because we have two on Monday night, which is cool. They usually do that in week one, but not this year. And we have some pretty low totals. You and I were looking at these lines. They've been bet up a lot just in the last day. I mean, one of these games has been bet up almost six points on the total in a day. So that's something to keep in mind that these change. So we're recording this on Tuesday. But why don't you go over the 50-plus game? There's only one and the teams with the highest implied totals. Yeah, I mean, we got to put context around the slate, right? Like you said, there's not as many games, and the teams that are not on the slate are literally the best players in DFS. Like, there's no Mahomes stacks. There's no Justin Herbert. There's no Eagle stacks. There's no Josh Allen again. We don't get him. Like, it's rough, man. It's, it's a rough slate. So we have one over 50. It's Arizona at Las Vegas, 51 and a half. And then looking at the best team implied totals on the slate, you're going to hear some names that really surprise you, I think, or surprised me when I wrote the article. But we have the Rams at 29 points, which after last week seems like a stretch, but they're taking on your Falcons, Kyle. And then we have the Raiders, 28 and a half. The Broncos, after that stinker last night, 26 and a half. And then three teams are tied for fourth place here with 25 and a half points. Detroit, which I'm surprised about, the 49ers, and the Colts taking on the Jaguars. Yeah, it's surprising with those final three teams because like, none of them won. And you could poke holes in a lot of these teams, right? Like, it's weird on a slate where you look at the Rams, who looked terrible and lost. The Broncos, who moved the ball, but just 
terrible turnovers. They lost. And then the Lions. So we're going to highlight these games, and we're going to highlight, I know, when we talk about the games on Thursday when we record, but, man, there, there's there's some propped-up teams here on Team Implied Totals, and there's some spreads that are pretty large. There's a 9.5, a, a 13, 9.5, another 7.5. Do you feel like those spreads are a bit too much, or are we getting a lot more home teams this week that are favored? Yeah, I think it's more of the second scenario that you laid out there. And, you know, for those kind of slates where this stuff happens, like, I think our natural tendency is almost always, like, forced to bring back into your lineup. But, and this is probably more of a tip, actually, for FanDuel, like, where touchdowns matter so much, where some of these teams have such a low implied total and some have such a great implied total, I may not be forcing as many bringbacks personally over on FanDuel where touchdowns matter. I think they can get there. Let's say that you're playing someone in the you know falcons game and like you just need that come from behind mode from pits or whatever like that can get there in full ppr but those dudes aren't scoring touchdowns as vegas implies um i think this might be a week where we kind of curb the rules a little bit in terms of the bring back over on fandle where those touchdowns matter so much the person who won the millie maker this past week on DraftKings just did a skinny stack with mahomes and kelsey and i had some questions from different people on discord and also on twitter that asked like hey the millie maker they didn't have a bring back like, the, this wasn't a full game stack. Like, what happened? You guys mentioned that. Just know what you need in a game stack is you need the other side to get there. And because Hollywood Brown didn't get there, James Conner didn't really get there. Like, the only person in Arizona that would have been, like, a good play at his price point was Greg Dortch. Like, he, like I mean, I guess Ertz caught a late touchdown. But, like, in other words, you wouldn't... Yeah, he, he didn't win you anything. He right, that wouldn't have helped. Right. You didn't need those pieces. And that's what you need to keep in mind is if that bring back doesn't get there, then skinny stacking actually matters even more because you're avoiding that mess. But uh, the game total was high enough. I think people taking shots, it made sense. And over the course of the season, right, that'll bear out like that, that game stacks will. So in week one, it didn't happen. You'll have a week where somebody wins the Millie maker and they didn't stack their quarterback at all. And you'll go, what happened there? Well, none of their options got there. They just kind of spread it around. Imagine if you would have tried to stack Mahomes with anyone other than Kelsey this past week. Like, your lineup wouldn't have got there, right? I played a lot of MBS, and I can tell you it didn't work. Man, I played a lot of MBS, too. <laughs> and it felt it felt pretty good. I, I played Juju in cash. I think that felt safe other than a fumble. But, uh, yeah, stack your players. That's, why, that's what we talk about here. Before we get into the most popular games and the sneaky games, let's take a quick break. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things but at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. So for week two, 
What do you think will be the most popular game from a stacking perspective and any early insights? Yeah, I mean, this it's the low-hanging fruit. I'm just going to let everyone know. I think the highest total game on the slate is going to be the most popular. When you talk about you know the Raiders and the Cardinals, and to me, this is the exact same thing as what I said last week, where I feel pretty good about what the Raiders did in week one. And I put this in the Vegas Report article. They were inside the 10 and 5-yard line a lot. They just didn't actually capitalize on their points. So even though they only scored 19 points real life, there was more for them to do this in that game. So I think this is a good spot for them. Obviously, I know you're low on the Cardinals. They showed zero signs of what I would call quote-unquote defense last week against Pat Mahomes. And no, Derek Carr is not Mahomes. But, I mean, when you have Javante Adams, Darren Waller, and Hunter Renfro at your disposal, like, I think they're going to move the football. So, I feel confident about that. But, to me, it's the same concern as last week. Like, if you don't have DeAndre Hopkins, Rondell Moore is going to miss this game, I assume. We saw it. Ertz is less than 100%. Like, how are they actually pushing the other team? And so, this is a game that I like for the total. But as we saw, if it doesn't work for Hollywood Brown or James Conner, like you're stuck holding the bag. So I don't know if I'll actually go full game stack, but I definitely want some exposure to the Raiders this week. I'm not a Lions guy, but I am going to take Raiders minus five and a half already. And I don't know if this is just my thing. I posted in our Slack channel, but I'm just going to bet against the Cardinals every single week until Hopkins comes back, until they get healthy. Until you get fired. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I'll make a lot of money in the meantime, right? (laughs) Yep, it'll, it'll even out over time. Devontae Adams, his projections are going to look so strong. He had a 46% target share, 17 targets, led the league in air yards. I mean, any narrative that somebody had where, you know, he's changing teams and it won't go well, it's it's just, it's, it's not true. So his target share is going to look insane moving forward. I want to talk about Washington and Detroit. There's no reason before the season that you would say this is the game that people want to stack. But because the Lions are pretty popular, because everybody loves what they're doing, Dan Campbell, and because the Commanders actually showed up as a competent offense, how are you approaching this game? I think there's a lot of volatility. Like You could tell me it finishes with 58 points, and I wouldn't be surprised. And you could tell me it finished with 38, and I would not be surprised. Like The line, to me, feels very fishy. I don't really know how to go about that because you're relying on Jared Goff and Carson Wentz led offenses. And sure it works sometimes, but man, there are several weeks where you're just kind of scratching your head being like, he did what again? Carson Wentz did what? So I, I I'm going to let the field, I think dictate how I handle that game in tournaments. Like if people are on Jahan Dotson after a two touchdown game and they're on, you know, um, Carson Wentz stacks and Jared Goff stacks, like it's kind of easy to talk yourself out of it based off what the field is doing. So if the field is on it, I will probably be trying to find leverage elsewhere, especially on a slate where, you know, things are relatively low scoring. I would project that game um, to be popular just because when people look at the totals, they're going to see it and say, oh, this is a game to stack. If this game gets bet up even more, so it started at 46 and a half, it's now at 49. Like, could you see this game at 50? You mean like, could I see the game finishing at 50 or could it close at the end of the week? Yeah, close. I think there's going to be sharp money eventually coming out on the under when it does get to 49 and a half or 50. So that's why I said it, it seems very fishy right now. No, that's that's exactly where I am. I mean, if there's a chance for me to bet against the Lions, I'll keep doing it if the public wants to go somewhere. <laughs> but you're asking for both of these offenses to continue to be efficient. And what we know about Jared Goff is when he's put in a position to come back, he's getting a lot of pass attempts. He averages 36 pass attempts per game at home as a lion. Okay. And they haven't won many games. So he's been put in a position where he needs to throw 35, 40 passes. I don't know if he's going to be asked to do that. 
Like, I could see this game just being a dud. I could see it going under. So that's my early lean in the week that if it gets bet up to 50, I'll bet the under. You're just asking for Carson Wentz to continue to do his thing. Although, that Lions defense you mentioned earlier, like, that, we're going to pick on that all year long. And they have a ton of weapons, so I do like that. What would you say is the sneakiest game of the week? And I love your pick. Yeah, I'm going to go down actually lower on the total list. You know, this is not a game that we normally would target as far as where it's at, but a game currently sitting at 44 points. I kind of like the Dolphins and the Ravens, which when you think about those two teams, I feel like we kind of picture like 20 to 17 slugfest. But man, this Dolphins offense is not what it used to be. We uh, have a, a, a friend in the industry that we trust, Sam Hoppin, works for 4 for 4, puts out pass rate over expectation. Basically just looks at like how are teams passing relative to league average in certain situations. Number one last week, the Dolphins throwing at the highest rate relative to what they should be doing, quote unquote, or what most teams would do. So you definitely want to chase that. And anytime you have guys like Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell to accelerate the game for you, it makes sense. Then you look at the other side of the ball, like we love Lamar almost every week. And so you could easily see this game flying over the total and I kind of talked about it last week in the DFS pass. If J.K. Dobbins is not 100%, which he's not 100%, and you're relying on Mike Davis and Kenyon Drake, why would you not just let Lamar throw the ball? And we saw that last week. So if that happens back and forth, this is a game I think might fly under the radar, and I'm very excited to stack it. Yeah, even when the Ravens were up comfortably against the Jets, like they were still throwing. So it's good to see them in neutral situations do that. I love what we saw from the Dolphins. Like there's a lot of horizontal stuff that looked very much like San Francisco. Uh, that's what Mike Daniel brought over. But yes, I love this game. I think it's one of your one of the best calls that we have on here. It's already been bet up all the way to 46. I could see it going even higher. So this is one that I want a lot of exposure to. I love what I saw from Tyreek. I wrote him up last week in our wide receiver and cornerback matchups article. And I was like, I don't care what narrative you have for Tyreek Hill. They're going to scheme him open. And what was it, like 10 targets? Like he easily could have had a touchdown and just happened to be with Waddle. I think he's in a good spot, and we'll mention later, I love Chase Edmonds at his price at 5200 I think that's way too cheap on DraftKings. I'm going to throw out, I don't even know if you agree with me, Cincinnati at Dallas, because everybody is poo-pooing on Dallas like they are completely done, and their odds look terrible in the division, but I just want to throw out something for my man, Cooper Rush. <laughs> you mean the guy who finishes a top 12 quarterback in his lone start? Okay. I looked at, I watched every single throw from that game. That's what I did yesterday. This is my job. Um, <laughs> you are a sick individual. <laughs> I was like, okay, I remember Cooper Rush did all right, but let me go back and watch that whole game. He's not just a check down guy. Like I, I thought like, okay, he just accumulated these yards. They came back and they won at Minnesota. Minnesota's defense wasn't good though last year, but he fed Amari Cooper. He fed CeeDee Lamb. Like there was a lot of targets and a lot of yardage that he had in that game. And it was close. Like it was a neutral game. Pretty much, they had to come back, but they won at the end. I think he's better than you think. I'm not saying you need to play him. He's he's 5,000. I just think everyone's just saying this is over. There's no chance Dallas can be competitive. And right now, there's seven and a half point home dogs against a Bengals team that had a lot of turnovers and should have won that game about five times last week. So I'm just saying don't discredit Dallas. Just don't throw them away. Everyone's going to only look at Sunday night because it was an island game. But I think there can be value in the Dallas side. That's why I'm mentioning it. And you're probably saying, like, you're not stacking no. uh, Cooper Rush, but you could play, like, a mini of, like, Jamar Chase and CeeDee Lamb or something like that. And I will say, like, 
just taking whatever you think about football out for a second, no one thought Geno Smith could do anything on Monday Night Football. And if you played Showdown and you didn't have Geno Smith, you lost money. So if you just assume what everyone else assumes, generally it's not a good thing in betting or in DFS. So no one is going to play Dallas players this week. I feel very confident in that. So it might be interesting, if, especially if T. Higgins is out, dude. Like a little mini Jamar and CeeDee Lamb. I, my right, home now, we're talk, team, now we're talking crazy. <laughs> my home league team is Jamar Chase and CeeDee Lamb. So, yes, I love it. Um, what would you say is a game that you want to be underweight on? You're just like, no thanks. I just, there's no way I can play <laughs> Joe Flacco versus Jacoby Brissett <laughs> in that game with the Jets and the Browns. You want to talk about Vegas line movement. That has been bet down a full two points uh, very early in the week. Could see that keep going. So, want no part of Cleveland or Jets players this week. Okay, who's look, who looked worse in, in week one? Was it Jacoby Brissett or Baker Mayfield? Mm. they were both not <laughs> I mean, great J- jacoby was really bad like yeah really bad it was crazy that he targeted donovan people's jones 11 times though i know when i was looking at the box score I, I had to do like a triple check i was like is that right and turns out it is he's on our big dog squad somehow right the he made the lineup this week <laughs> did he really <laughs> yes he did good our flex. um i can't do new england pittsburgh i just that it's going to be a slosh fest. It's 40 and a half. I could see it go under that even more. Jason was very clearly against it. I actually already took Pittsburgh money line, which I don't know if that's great for people, but I took Pittsburgh money line. I just think that's a game you don't want any part of. Can you play a Patriots player in DFS? I mean, we used to be able to hang our hat on like Damian Harris touchdown upside and Ronder Stevenson, great player kind of thing. But like, it's truly a three-way committee, you know, with, with Ty Montgomery. So I don't think you can play them at projection. No one else will do it. So if you want to get crazy, go for it. But outside of, of that, no way. Jacoby Myers, maybe, like, if, if you want to. But there's just no reason to have to go there in this game. I do think the Muth will still be Luth and be a good option. He's too cheap. All right, two more categories before we go to the salary standouts. Which team are you most confident hits the over of their team implied total? Yeah, I said Washington. It just feels too low against this Detroit team. And I know I said I'm weary of the total and I'm weary of just investing in that game. But like Detroit showed zero signs of improvement from last year on the defensive side of the football, giving up 38 points to Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. They just ran all over him. And so, you know, there's zero concern, I think, that Detroit will be good much this year. And most of the time we're going to pick on them, like you said. So could I see Washington coming in and scoring four touchdowns? Absolutely. I'm going to go with the Dolphins. That's a game that we already talked about, but 20 and a half feels pretty low in a game that's been bet up, and I think it's going to go over. So, yes, I think you want Dolphins. You want Ravens. That's a game that you and I want to stack this week. So, Dolphins over 20 and a half. Which one do you think will hit the under of these teams? Yeah, this is the, the most classic letdown spot, I feel like, on the board. I do not think Seattle hits their implied total of 17 and a half. They didn't hit it last night. And, you know, last, like, if you watch the game, Gino was so hyped after every single play. The, the 12s were going crazy. And what they scored on, one was a legitimate touchdown. One was just a broken play to Will Disley, which thank goodness for the main show that we get to use that drop again. But now they go and they face the 49ers after losing to the Bears in a classic bounce back spot. So you let down for Seattle, you're back for the Niners. I just can't see Seattle having success in this game. So give me the under on their total. I'm going to pick on those Patriots again. I did it last week. And I'm going to do it again. Right now, their team implied total is at 21. Mac Jones dealing with those back spasms. Do we have any update on him? 
He says he's going to practice this week. Of course, we're recording this on Tuesday, so we'll know what's going on as of Wednesday throughout the week, but no updates besides that. So you're telling me it's Brian Hoyer season somehow? It might be. It might be, man. We'll see. Yeah, I just, I'm going to keep betting against New England. Kind of like last year. What was the team that we kept betting their team implied total under? Urban Meyer. Oh, it was so easy to be able to <laughs> just Jaguars say, every week. <laughs> Jaguars are not going to do this. So uh, you can actually do that on DraftKings Sportsbook if you'd like. But let's get into our salary standouts. Salary standouts. I was talking with Betts because one of the names I did have in here was Cooper Rush. And he was like, you are not recommending this, are you? And I just want to state, on Tuesday, all we're saying is here are the salaries that stand out, not these salaries of who to play. We just want to give people the lay of the land. So are, are you? have you calmed down since you saw his name in there? I almost quit my job when I logged in and saw that. But I'm okay now. I'm, now that you explained it to people that we're not recommending these players or just who stuck out to us, I'm okay with it. I mean, Daniel Jones is only $100 more. Give me Daniel Jones. Ooh, I wonder if I want to do a water bet of that. Cooper Rush versus Daniel Jones. Jones plays at home against Carolina. Cooper plays at home against the Bengals. You got to give I'll me a little, little something. Come on. All right. We'll, we'll figure it out. And we'll let people know what we're doing on Thursday's show or on Friday's show. That'll be a really good water bet. I mean, the people want to hear that. It's oh, good absolutely. content. <laughs> it's good All right. Content. We're going to go through and say the players that stand out to us at the beginning of the week. A lot of these end up in our cash game pool. I think last week we basically said in this section, Hertz and Lamar. And they ended up there, and I would say those were two great plays. If you played them in cash, we also said Mahomes. So, way to go, us. This week, Lamar's still here. Are we just going to keep playing Lamar? Yeah, I mean, he's only $100 more than he was last week. Had a pretty good game against the Jets. You know, Miami, I think, is a pretty solid defense. But, you know, we talked about that game likely hitting the over, we think. So, on a slate where there's just not a lot of high-end quarterback play, you know, we talked about it. No Jalen Hurts. You know, um, no Josh Allen, like, for example, no Pat Mahomes, Justin Herbert. Lamar could easily separate on the slate. And so if I think if you're just looking for upside, Lamar, to me, fits the bill at 7.4. On DraftKings, in the cheaper options, if you want to drop down from Lamar, Derek Carr, 6.2K, I think is a great price in the highest total. And I think he's going to shred the Cardinals secondary. So um, Trey Lance, last week, was in the rain. And there's going to be a lot of people that have different thoughts about Trey Lance. Right now, I'd made a cash game lineup, just one just to run through it. He's my cash game cornerback at 5.7K at home as a heavy favorite. What are your thoughts? I mean, we talked about him last week, and you asked me, are you in? And I said, I, don't, I can't do it this week. You know, There's just too many other options. Like We have to rethink the slate. There are no elite options besides Lamar. You could throw Kyler in, but we have real concerns about the Cardinals. So to me, it's Lamar or you pay down. And if I'm going down there and I want upside, I'm taking the guy that I think has a chance to go for 80 rushing yards, right? Like, I think it makes a ton of sense. If you need the savings this week, I really do. Uh, I like it. You know, again, Seattle had a great game Monday night. I'm not convinced that they're a great defense. They did just lose Jamal Adams, uh, likely for the entire season. So, yeah, Trey Lance, I don't hate at 5.7. They're nine and a half point home favorites. And I think there was a conversation this week of Trey Lance or Jeff Wilson. And I think they will be in a lot of lineups um, I, I, right now I have Lance. I think it's really easy for, for him to be able to rush for 40 yards, get two touchdowns and that price is too cheap for his upside. So I think in cash, he'll be a popular play. One more name I want to throw out on FanDuel is Tua at 6,800 because we like that game so much. 
of Baltimore and Miami. I think if you wanted to go the other direction and stack two aside, I think that is uh, not a bad way to go. But at running back, who stands out to you? Yeah, last week his role was just so elite, and it's so awesome to see Saquon Barkley being Saquon Barkley. His price went up a lot. He was 6.1, he's 7.3 now. But still, when you talk about just projected workload, is he going to play a ton of ball, you know, snaps? Is he going to get the ball? The answer is yes. Playing Carolina, we just saw Nick Chubb and Cream Hunt shred them for a ton of fantasy points. So I think if you're looking for touches, 7.3, Saquon sticks out to me. And then you just mentioned, you know, Elijah Mitchell's out. So Jeff Wilson was the RB2 last week. He's been the RB2 all, all training camp reportedly. So at 5.1K, I do like him. I'm I'm not sure, like you said, as of Tuesday, to make a call if I'd play them together with Lance in the same lineup. But I think he looks like what we look for in cash, right? A cheap running back who you can plug in that you know is going to get volume. So I like Jeff Wilson if you're looking to save some salary this week. Yeah, I, we'll have to see what his roster percentage will end up being. I know you don't care in cash, but I do love the fact that Chase Edmonds is $100 more. It's a good little pivot in a game that we like a lot. If I'm playing Trey Lance, then I probably won't play Wilson in my lineup. I need to mention Christian McCaffrey. I think people are going to be disappointed last week. His price is still only $8,900. Um, but here's the deal. the I don't know what the Panthers' game plan was. Ben McAdoo, their offensive coordinator, is probably one of our least favorite in the league. One, he's not a very stylish guy. Like, he's, he's just not. And... I've been calling him all week Ben Quackadoo because they came out and their game plan against the Browns was to throw at the highest neutral pass rate in the league when you have Christian McCaffrey on the roster. Their first 16 plays, I think it was their first four drives, they threw the ball 13 times and they ran it three times and they got behind by a ton. Can I have confidence in Christian McCaffrey? Because I do, <laughs> but I need to talk the people into it. Uh, we don't want to overact to one one game sample and he's clearly one of their best players. He's one of the best fantasy players. So yes, I think you can still go back to CMC. Okay, good. Cause I'm still going to have him in my cash lineup. I, he's already in my pool. I like him a lot and people can um, move on. Jonathan Taylor, super expensive on FanDuel. He's 10 K and he hasn't done great against the Jaguars on the road. However, a couple years ago he did demolish them for 253 and two. So Jonathan Taylor is the dude. You can keep going there. A player I have in here on both sites is Daryl Henderson Jr. or Darnell Anderson on Fantasy Footballers Pod. 6200 on FanDuel is a ridiculously low price, and he had insane usage last week. So I think he's going to be one of the more ca popular cash game players this week on both sites against the Falcons. Is he in your pool? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, dude, it was rough for Cam Akers in week one, and it wasn't like... They said, oh, we'll get him more involved this week. Like the quote from Sean McVay was like, he needs to make more of his opportunities and show more urgency. Like does not sound good. So I think Henderson's going to get volume. Um, I will say there's probably a little volatility in that projection. Like I'm not sure it's always going to be the, the same split that it was last week in week one. But that said, he still is going to project decently well. And I think at his price point, he makes a ton of sense for cash games. I want to talk about Javante Williams real quick. 7,300 on FanDuel, 6,500 on DraftKings. Saw 12 targets. I think he's an RB1 at home against the Texans, and he might be overlooked because he didn't see a ton of carries. I think he only saw seven. But would you consider him in cash? He's the same price as Melvin Gordon. Yeah, I think he's probably okay. I, You know, the thing with his box score is that it looks great because he got all the passing down work, and he's never going to see 12 targets, most likely, in a game. 
it was just baffling to see them not target Cortland Sutton and Jared Judy until the second quarter seemed like a very bold strategy from the Broncos. So that's an outlier. And I just, I don't want to chase that, but it's the Houston Texans. Jonathan Taylor went bananas last week against them on the ground. It's just a matter of if Melvin Gordon falls in the end zone or it's Javante. So I think they're both okay at this price point. I'm not necessarily in love with him, like locked in for cash, but I can definitely see the argument for it. And last one I want to mention at running back is Alvin Kamara is only 7,200 on FanDuel. That's the RB12. That's a lot lower than what we're used to seeing. And I think a lot of people are worried about his usage and where the touchdowns went week one. But I think Kamara, he's going to show up in GPPs in a game that we haven't even talked about, right? Bucks and Saints. It's coming in lower in the totals. Tom Brady's pretty cheap. But I think that's a game we're going to have to discuss later on in the week because it's an interdivisional game, but we've seen Brady throw at such a high rate that we need to think about the Saints side as well. Potentially. I'm so I was oh, no. in best ball season. You heard me say I want Tom Brady stacks. I want them. I want them. I want them. Dude, the offensive line is in shambles. We're not sure what's happening with the left tackle. He missed half the game with the elbow injury. They said it's a pain tolerance issue. So if he can't go, Brady's down four or five starters from last year on the offensive line. And now no Chris Godwin. So I'm not saying he can't pay it off. I'm just more concerned than I was a month ago. Let's move on to wide receivers. On this slate, Remind I'm just reminding everyone, no Justin Jefferson, no Stephon Diggs, no A.J. Brown. So the dudes that just went off this past week, they're not available to you. But we do get Cooper Cup. And on DraftKings, he's 9,900, which sounds like a lot. But maybe it's not, considering what he's done. Like, <laughs> maybe, maybe it's just like there's no price for Cooper Cup that we can't pay, right? I mean, dude, we talked about it on the, the showdown preview. I was like, he has to do so much more to pay this off. And, of course, he was in the optimal lineup because that's what he does. So uh, it's just a salary thing. If you can fit him, play him, you know, against the Falcons. Yeah, I, I lean Devontae Adams this week. I feel like that was the conversation last year. Is it a cup week? Or are you leaning into Adams it was always a cup week, but Adams at 8,800 on FanDuel, I mentioned earlier, I just think it's so safe and it's against the Cardinals. So that's a great play. Can we talk about Allen Robinson? Because oh, I feel strong about him being a solid play this week. And I mentioned to you, he's cheaper on FanDuel than Devin Duvernay. FanDuel reacts a lot, by the way, to, to prices. They, they have a crazy distribution. When you get to defense, I'll definitely show you how, how crazy it is. But Allen Robinson, I think, I think you can play him in cash this week. Oh, buddy. I don't know if I have the stones for that. Oh, I'll do it. <laughs> that sounds terrifying. But we saw this last year with Robert Woods, right? A couple weeks, just nothing. And then remember the overcorrection game where he saw like 13 targets or something? So I think they're going to scheme him the ball. I think he's an interesting guy that I'm going to let the field again dictate how I handle him. If if the field just doesn't box for watch and they're like, oh yeah, 5,500, jam him in, you could talk yourself off of him. But if the field, you know, come Friday when we get our report ready, is is not playing Allen Robinson, I am absolutely willing to play Allen Robinson with the team that has the highest total and against the Falcons. So um, yeah, I'm going to let the field kind of dictate how he goes. The cheapies this week, uh, the Cowboys Noah Brown, he'll be cheap. He had nine targets this past week at 3,800. Greg Dortch, who Jason mentions his name almost every single podcast, uh, Greg Dortch, 3,500 for the Cardinals, another cheapie. Uh, and then the Colts have some cheap guys, especially with their big total, Alec Pierce, Ashton Doolin. Those are the relative cheapies. Is there any other values that you see already? 
I mean, nothing that's down in, in that price range. I just want to throw out real quick again. Like we talked about Christian Kirk last week. It seems like the usage from the preseason is real. You know, last week in week one, 91% snaps, 91% of the routes run, 25% target share, 21% targets per route run. That is elite alpha wide receiver one usage. And the price hasn't gone up yet. So he's 5.7K against the Colts. I think his skill set works well against that style of defense. So I like Christian Kirk for cash this week. I'm going to say it. I actually wrote up Amon Ross St. Brown as a good play this week against Washington. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, you did. I, I had to do it. I couldn't. Uh, last week, I wrote up DJ Chark. Okay. That, that's who I wrote up. But this week, it's. Uh, I will say Amon Ross fine. Let's go to tight end. Kyle Pitts is well priced at 5,400. I was making a cash lineup. He's really great. These are the three tight ends I see because we don't have a Kelsey on this. You can go Andrews, but these are the three tight ends that stick out to me. Pitts at 5,400, the Muth at 4,400, or Albert O at 3,700. Those are kind of the three tiers that I'm seeing, like kind of price points. Do you have a lean early in the week? DraftKings made it so hard this year for tight ends. Like they priced up the really crappy ones. And so you're not really paying down for anyone that you feel just punting completely away. If you told me before last night's game, that Alberto was 3.7 K I'd say, sweet, let's play him. But I have no idea if he's going to be on catching passes. They literally ran a four tight end committee last, last night. So he's okay. I think for his price point and in cash, if he gets you a handful of catches, like it's fine, but his ceiling to me is, is so much lower based off how they're using tight end. So I think if you want to save salary, he's okay. I think the youth might be the safest, at 4.4, like I kind of like that role that he had last week. So he's okay. Um, I also throw out too, Tyler Higby, like kind of is in the same range, 4.2K. High team total, played over 90% of the snaps, 90% routes run, 23% target share. That came kind of in garbage mode, so maybe that's not quite as sticky. But, uh, dude, I, tight end, I, I hate it this week. I really I really do hate it. So that's kind of where I'm at. I feel stuck. I'm trying to take out my Falcons homerisms. Like I'm not trying to communicate that. But Kyle Pitts, 5,400 DraftKings. 5,900 on FanDuel. His role was solid. He saw seven targets. Just didn't go that way. But we love this game, right? Like, if there's somebody you want to bring back, it's either Drake London, Kyle Pitts, Cordell Patterson. Like, those are the options. And I think Pitts is underpriced for being a wide receiver. Like, imagine a wide receiver that's seeing that type of usage at 5,400 on DraftKings. I think you'd consider it. So, I like him a lot. Mark Andrews, you can clearly go with uh, with Lamar. And then I need to mention Darren Waller. I think he's a solid pivot if you want to get off of Devontae Adams in a tournament. I think that will show up against the Cardinals secondary. I mean, Travis Kelsey obliterated them. Jody Fortson, Noah Gray. I mean, they put in all their tight ends and just said, throw it to any of them. Let's finish with defense. And there is one defense that people will be jamming into their lineup no matter what this week. Seems like the free square and cash this week, and it is the Bengals against uh, Kyle's favorite quarterback, Cooper Rush, this week. They are 2.2K on DraftKings. I'm going to play them in cash. I do not think you should play them in GPPs, but they are a great cash game option. I'll also throw out two at the same price point. I think it's kind of interesting. It's just a pivot in tournaments. Is the Jets at the same price against Cleveland? We talked about Jacoby Brissett not being great. And so if you want to save salary and get off chalk, uh, to me, the Jets are a fine pivot. I'm interested in that game, what Nick Chubb's rushing attempts line is. That's what we hit on this past week for the props. Because if there's one team that can give it up on the ground, it is the New York Jets. So I'm interested. I'm interested in that game, hitting the under, of course, but interested in that game, attacking it from a prop perspective. 
I'll throw out the Steelers. I know TJ Watt, his news is up in the air, but I'm going to keep betting against the Patriots, and they're only 2,800. And I mentioned the Steelers because they're 2,800 on DraftKings, but they are the most expensive defense on FanDuel. There's no way you could play the Steelers' defense on FanDuel. On DraftKings, they're a value. You could put them in cash. We'll also throw out on FanDuel the Jaguars. They are the stone men at 3K, and they're at home against the Colts. Matt Ryan, I thought, was going to be in rhythm. There's some stat lines that look good for Pity City, for Jonathan Taylor, but that game was so frustrating the entire time. I mean, it was painful to see the Colts come back and really painful for them to tie. I <laughs> oh, can't believe you said that last week, and I told you he's, they're going to ruin it. They're going to ruin the parlay, and that's what happened. Yeah, Matt Ryan did not look great, to be honest, so I don't think that's a terrible call. I, I doubt people will play it because on FanDuel, you can usually spend up a little bit, so... It's kind of different than DraftKings, where it's like on DK, we're almost always like, you know, pay down if you can. And on FanDuel, people will pay up. So if you want to be contrarian with your build, don't be afraid to pay down a little bit. I will say the one thing that was great. So that game was, you know, just tilt city because it was just like, why is Matt Ryan struggling against the Texans? But the one thing that gave me so much joy is just every time we were all watching, I would just say, oh, look, Rex Burkhead. You guys see Rex Burkhead's out there? Oh, my gosh, it's third down. Oh my gosh, this is the most important touch of this game. Rex Burkhead's out there. Uh, that's just, I mean, that was just glorious, right? Yeah, I knew I knew you'd be happy. Yeah, Kyle was very quick on uh, on Monday morning to come in and, and post some stat usage from Rex Burkhead versus Damian Pierce in our Slack channel. So um, you know what that means, Kyle. This week, Damian Pierce is going bananas. He did go down in, in price even more. So I, I get it if people want to use him. And I think his his role is only going to increase. Like, people, hear me out. Like, I'm not saying that Damian Pierce is going to be nothing. I just think it was a lot to bank on in week one that this guy's going to get the first carry. There's a lot to bank on that he's going to get the third down work, which he didn't. And the craziest part is they were leading that whole game. So he should have had 15-plus carries. He ended up with 11 for 33. I, I don't know why I remember his stats. I just, just off the top of my head. <laughs> no, I... <laughs> This is not a victory lap. Do not victory lap in week one, people. It will come back to bite you in the butt. But at the end of the day, I think you and I were both in agreement. Like his his price was way too high by the end of the draft season. Oh, yeah, for sure. Based off redraft and best ball, it was an easy fade at that point. We do have him in a league with you, me, and Jason. And that league looks uh, scary. <laughs> we have <laughs> two Cowboys on that squad, which uh, it looks very bad at this point in time. <laughs> we don't have Dak. Remember that. Nope. Nope. We avoided we avoided that, but man, that team looks real rough. Uh, if you want to play with us on DraftKings, go to ballersdfs.com. It will direct you to our DraftKings league, the Fantasy Footballers DFS Borg Plus Bets. Right now, DraftKings opened up a tournament for week two that has 800 people that can fill it. Come and join in on the fun. It is a great, great time. I think I finished like 240th. So, like, I mean, that's not bad, right? Like, top top quarter? I mean, if you want to make money, it's not great. I didn't make any money on that one. Yeah. That's okay. We'll post some more contests in there. I know we'll do some for Thursday night. I'm really excited about Chargers and Chiefs. I know you'll be writing that up in the DFS pass. But go to BallersDFS.com. Check it out. We'd love to play with you. Invite a friend. Bring a friend. It's a fun, fun time. Bets, sign us off on this Tuesday. Ah, what an episode. Uh, I've never felt more unsure about a slate than I do right now. So check back with us on Friday. Hopefully we have more clear details for you then. Get in the DFS pass. We'll see you on Friday. Have a great week. 
Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.